0: to a special Solution Spotlight episode of the Tool Belt Podcast, brought to you by Plant Services and sponsored by Fluke Process Instruments, a Fluke company. I'm your Chief Editor, Tom Wilk, and today I'm joined by Dylan Irwin from Fluke Process Instruments, who has worked as a Product Innovation Manager and Regional Sales Manager, among other responsibilities. Dylan earned his BS in Mechanical Engineering from Montana State University and is with us today to talk about the TV-40 Thermal Imager from Fluke Process Instruments. Welcome, Dylan, and thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Tom. Good for
1: having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: Hey, no, it's great to talk to you, especially in a moment when thermal imaging has picked a special interest. Um, you know, in the past pandemic year, we've noticed a renewed interest in thermal in general. Um, however, a survey from Plant Services indicates that infrared's been go-to as a technology for some time now with the majority of our readers. Could you talk about some of the applications where thermal imaging has traditionally been driving value in industry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and first of all, you're right. Thermal imaging technology has been around for quite some time now. Um, I would assume that your audience is probably most familiar with the use of the handheld thermal imagers, surveying mechanical, electrical equipment, some, some kind of plant asset or a hot spot might mean something is failing or, or about to fail. And really, you can find this kind of application in in just about any industrial facility, from manufacturing to utilities. And the technology is great. It's got that eye-catching visualization appeal, right, where uh, you've had handheld infrared thermometers or pyrometers, right, just non-contact temperature sensors that have probably been around even longer, um, but really don't give that same ability to point the imager see that temperature distribution and really hone in on where that localized hotspot is. So while the handhelds are are fantastic tools for that and provide very valuable information, they can only really provide that while they're being used. Uh, And for that reason, we've we've seen this increased interest in the 24/7 continuous temperature monitoring, particularly in those areas that are most critical to plant operation, either from a productivity or a safety perspective.
0: Yeah, we're, we're seeing that interest grow also in general with 24-7 remote monitoring, uh, including thermal. You know, I've noticed that one of the less common applications for thermal is to help maintain product quality and just in general, plant productivity overall. And, you know, can you talk
1: about what you're seeing in the field in this regard? Yeah, absolutely. So temperature is, is often a key measurement related to quality. Um, to provide some additional context to kind of help explain the scope or, or the reach of some of these applications. In addition, uh, fixed thermal imagers, fluke process instruments has a, has a broad portfolio of single point infrared non-contact temperature sensors, uh, pyrometers. And when I explain to friends or new acquaintance kind of what I do, I'll tell them that we're part of processes uh, manufacturing anything from tortilla chips to the chips in your smartphone. Um, so fixed imagers have have that similar Reach, where, uh, providing value in manufacturing food, medical devices, transportation equipment, metals, building materials, the list goes on. Uh, on the quality side, I would say the two main groups I'd put these applications in uh, the first being 100% quality inspection or pass fail process control. Uh, an example there, we've done a lot in automotive manufacturing for components. So if you picture the rear windshield on your car right? it's got that defroster grid where you press a button and those lines heat up and keep it clear, make sure you have good visibility looking out the back. Uh, those manufacturers will have each one of those rear windshields coming down the line, hit a test station and we'll monitor it with a thermal imager to make sure that those elements are heating up, there's no breaks, that it's, it's a continuous um, circuit and that there are no defects before it gets passed on to the, the assembly plant, right? Uh, another example within automotive, looking at either plastic components or housings for electronics or, or other pieces, right? A lot of laser ultrasonic welding methods there. And the imager gives you that full view, uh, not only of the weld, so you can see that it's a complete weld, but you're measuring the temperature along it. So where a, uh, a too cold of a temperature might indicate that the weld didn't actually take place, right? You don't have a, a firm seal there, uh, whereas a Going back to the ultrasonic example, if the two pieces are not pressed together hard enough, you don't have that thermal energy being you know, dissipated along. And, and again, it might be a weak weld at that point. So manufacturers really ensuring that their products are to specification before shipping them further down the supply chain or onto consumers uh, is, is a pretty, pretty solid example there. Um, The other kind of bucket on the quality side, I would say, is just more general process monitoring to where you don't necessarily have a discrete part or product that you're ensuring is meeting all of those requirements, but where, you know, leading manufacturers just collecting data for further research and analysis, trying to understand process changes or uh, potentially even indirectly identifying um, equipment or maintenance issues, right? If you have a, uh, an aggregate product that's being heated or dried out in, in some sense, right? If you've got a thermal imager monitoring that belt as it's coming down the line or exiting your, your oven or your furnace, a cold section of that belt is going to tell you, oh, hey, maybe something's going on with a, a burner within our oven. We should go identify that before we start having more issues. Um, so just you know a few few examples there on the quality side. I think on the, the productivity side, uh, I kind of already touched on some of those those critical assets or those pieces of equipment that are most important for plant operation. Uh, an example there in a steel manufacturing facility, and and of which there are all kinds. Uh, and many of them there's there's what we call a ladle, quite uh, quite different than what you typically think of a ladle for pouring out soup or something there, but a massive refractory brick-lined vessel that's transporting molten steel from the furnace to the next part of the process, however it's being formed. Um, oftentimes, there will be multiple of those ladles that are just in constant operation. And by having some fixed thermal imagers set up to where you can inspect each one as it goes through each cycle, you're identifying any of that refractory that's potentially wearing out, um, you know, indicated by a hot spot and being able to alarm on that. Because if that brick does fail and you do have a uh, a potential blowout, that's a huge productivity concern and a safety concern as well. If you're starting to leak molten steel. Um, Another example on the critical asset side in a cement plant, in a paper plant where you've got a lime kiln, these, these massive rotary kilns, some of the biggest pieces of industrial machinery that are out there, Again, similar story, you have this steel shell that's insulated with refractory brick where this thermal processing is happening. And these are of the scale where if you have a failure on that brick and you end up burning a hole through your shell, not only do you have a a significant downtime concern where these things are running 24-7 and oftentimes you you can't afford to have it down that long, Um, but then you're also having to deal with extra cost and trying to expedite the repair of that which something that could have been prevented just by saying, hey, we need to replace these bricks on our next downtime.
0: We're seeing a lot of end users bundling thermal into other data sets, like you said, like ultrasound, sometimes motion capture videography, but also often just on its own as its own condition monitoring data set. When it comes to thermal imagers, I wanted to ask you about the Fluke Process Instruments TV40 thermal imager specifically. What sets that particular imager apart from other thermal cameras in the market?
1: Yeah, well, like we've touched on, the the thermal imaging technology itself isn't so brand new. So really, the the value from the TV40 comes not just from the camera itself, but from the entire solution that you have available. Um, So, for example, we've got a number of accessories that allow it to operate in in harsh industrial environments, uh, networking equipment to get it connected into your control system or computers back in the control room. There's some field interchangeable lenses that can either expand or focus in that field of view, what you're really monitoring. There's, uh, in addition, a built-in just standard camera for a simultaneous infrared and visible feed. We've seen some customers that have, have seen a lot of value in that. Um, a pan and tilt mechanism, you know, a device that allows you to mount the camera and, and really optimize your, your coverage, right? You can point it in pretty much a 360-degree arc up, down, and, and really survey a site there. So there's, there are a lot of additional components that allow us to tailor the best system solution for just about any applications. And the real differentiator with all of that is the ThermoView software that ties everything together there the software has some very powerful automation capabilities i could go on all day about those but for example automatic alarms signaling uh, data recording being able to send an email with an infrared picture attached automatically all of that can be combined with some basic and or logic uh, to also take in a input from the customer's control system you know a trigger to drive something or just work based on some kind of timing condition there's there's a lot there uh, can be very, I guess, deep and, and sort of complicated. These programs you can come up with. And that said, it's still pretty intuitive to use. For example, we were out at one of our Fluke sites the other week collecting some photos and videos for marketing purposes. And one of our marketing managers with zero hands-on experience with the product was able to get the camera set up, software running, connected, streaming, uh, just within a couple of minutes. So it's it's pretty pretty straightforward to go and do that. And On my side, I'm I'm not a controls or an automation engineer by any means, but I've been able personally to go to customer sites and work with them to set up programs. You know, the use the pass fail control example. Uh, previously, but where we're setting up a bunch of areas of interest, we're setting these temperature conditions to make sure that these elements get heated up to a certain range. We're combining that with a trigger from their PLC and, and then turning it back out as either a pass or a fail signal to then drive that automated action. Um, so that's that's where we've seen a lot of the value. Customers are able to set up some pretty sophisticated 24-7 monitoring and automation programs Without having to rely on a third party for integration or any kind of custom software programming. Okay.
0: That's really good. Good and often that's critical to have something which is easy to start up and implement like that without the necessary support of it like
1: an integrator partner to get that's that going. Nice. Yeah. And the last thing I'd say that, you know, I've got to give a shout out to our, our applications and technical support team that's always ready to help set up and troubleshoot either you know, remotely or on site. So they do a great job. It's awesome. Hey,
0: well, there's always seems to be some sort of innovation coming down the pipeline for thermal every couple of months. What kind of advances uh, do you see coming down the pipeline over the next five years uh, that, list, that uh, you can share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, first, you know, I'd I'd like to look kind of at the last five years and see where we've come. I mean, the cameras themselves have definitely improved um, higher pixel resolution, faster streaming rates. In addition to that, we've got more flexible communication and and integration options, some standalone functionality that's worked its way in as well. and, And we'll definitely continue to see more of that. I think in parallel with general technology trends, right, smaller form factors, better performance, um, and, you know, I don't want to say we're kind of at this wall from the, the measurement or the, the visualization perspective, the, again, just the ability of the camera to see and, and measure, but we're, we're getting a lot of data. The For the TV40 at 640 by 480 pixel resolution, streaming at up to 60 frames per second, that's over 18 million discrete temperature measurements per second. Um, that's, wow. that's of the marketing spin we like to put on it, right? But, you know, I'll, I'll usually turn around and say it's, it's overkill at that point. What really matters is being able to select the right data and then do something with it. Um, so there, there will be more emphasis on really facilitating, streamlining that corrective action based on that temperature data that matters. Uh, and a lot of that's enabled through simpler integration, um, in, you know, again, increasing that interoperability with different control systems and communication protocols, having remote access for unmanned sites and not even necessarily just a a remote site out there if you've got a pan and tilt system that's monitoring a a substation you might just be in the plant and want to say what's what's going on with our process down at the other end of the facility without having to walk all the way over there right so so really just enabling that instant access to data wherever you are I think as awareness continues to increase in this, we've, we've seen some dr- interest driven by insurance and kind of regulatory perspectives as well, uh, more with safety in mind. You can think of a you know, fire prevention and detection and, and we, you know, we don't market these as fire alarms, they're not meant for that, but with some of the features that are in there, they do have the ability to see heat building up uh, before you might have a potential fire. So in either coal or biomass pile monitoring, for example um As far as some of the, I think the neat stuff, we'll start to see a little bit further, probably the not too distant future, the integration of AI tools, and it's it's a bit hard to say exactly what this might look like, but more intelligent software, whether it's intuitive setup of areas of interest. If you're manufacturing a part and you've already got your automation program configured for it, now you're going to start manufacturing a new part. Maybe it's a copy paste, and then the software is saying, hey, we notice that you're doing some things a little bit different here you let us take a stab at trying to uh, sort this out for you um could be defect detection within the actual image you know you may have your areas of interest set up based on set parameters but if it happens to notice a cold spot or some other kind of uh, anomalous temperature event somewhere else that, that could be a great tool um it might even just be you know we, we hear this term the industrial internet of things industry 4.0 right this integration of multiple data streams to where this thermal analysis offer could say hey we know that it's going to be a little bit colder outside for the next few weeks maybe you should adjust your furnace temperatures accordingly to make sure there's no variation on the final product so there's there's a lot of stuff on that front that i think is going to be exciting to see how it really develops and and uh comes into industry oh, that's really cool well i thank you for the
0: overview today on what we have and what's coming next and also Uh, for the deeper dive in the tv40 absolutely
1: thanks for having me tom
0: and for anyone who's listening and wants more information about the tv40 thermal imager you can find information about it in the podcast notes area we also encourage you to share this episode with your colleagues